Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, while the Boston Globe reporters were whining on Labor Day because they don't have a contract, Turtle Boy was out there showing them how it's done on the front lines, risking his life, breaking stories. But, you know, the Boston Globies, they deserve a new contract because they have so much student debt. Yeah, really, my heart breaks. We'll play you that sound. It's incredible. Also, Chelsea Handler lies. Kirk Herbstreet cries. And Marty Walsh gets caught with his pants down. Well, not literally, but he gets exposed as a hypocrite. And also, let's not forget the Atlantic Magazine story, the silliest, most transparent political hit job I've ever seen. We'll explain all that with our man Turtle Boy today on the Callahan Podcast, brought to you, as always, by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, and no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colin, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. We're live. Uh, no, you know, normally I hate this day. I hate, you know, the end of summer and it's getting darker earlier and it's colder and I just, and winter's coming. It's, you know, ever since I was a kid, I hated this day, the end of summer, day after Labor Day. But today, today I feel different. Today I feel different because we got so much to get to and so much to talk about. And I just feel like, you know, it's been a couple of days since we've been, uh, been doing this, been taping, been doing our podcast and so much stuff has happened, so much crazy stuff. And every day I'm like writing it down saying, we got to get to that. And, uh, we just talked for a few minutes before uh, we started recording, and uh, it's incredible. They, they, it, it, they just keep providing for us, you know. They just keep providing people like you know Jamel Hill and people like Chelsea Handler and the Boston Globe Union. Uh, they just keep taking good care of us, Mayor Walsh. But I think, and, and we're going to get to the Atlantic story, which is the most pathetic. There's been a lot of. Uh, made-up stuff on Donald Trump since he took office. Most of the scandals, in fact, all the scandals are made up from Russia to the Ukraine to Kavanaugh to the mailboxes. This could be the lamest attempt to bring down Trump yet, the most transparent political hit job I think I've ever seen. But first, what I'd like to do is pay tribute to the best journalist in New England, Turtle Boy, who on his Labor Day went to work and 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 it stands. You stand in such stark contrast to those whiny little frauds in that Boston Globe video, who are sitting there complaining that John Henry won't give them a raise. The, I mean, the, the 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 paper is bleeding money, bleeding red ink, uh, and and they're and these people, you know, they're no one's reading them, no one's following their work, and they're making videos about how they're just not appreciated by John Henry, the owner of the paper. But we'll get to that. Turtle Boy, first of all, you didn't put a lot of effort into the Marty Walsh story. I'm not going to you know, pat you on the head for that one. All no. you did was post a photo of Marty Walsh, another no. phony mask uh, fanatic without a mask. Another phony hypocrite Democrat. You got the photo of him, right, at an event and posted yep. it. That's correct. And nobody else did, correct? 
I mean, you would think with the Nancy Pelosi story last week that even journalists around here would realize, oh, this is easy. This is an easy one. We just do a quick little story on this. A lot of people are going to read it. Cash money. But um, guess not. Well, the no. inter- the Internet posted it, right? I mean, just, the, right, right. just everybody apparently posted it because WCVB just says uh, it was circulating on the web. I right? mean, that's how they love to say it. When I break a story, they always, they always just write... Uh, so a picture went on social media or like, it's like, just surfaced. say my name. It surfaced like it was like underwater and it just came to the surface. Yeah. I mean, right. Turtle Boy reported that Marty Walsh uh, was out in a public event. He was not social distancing. He was not uh, following any of the, the guidelines. And I mean, this is a guy who is in favor of a mask mandate. He's in favor of, of, of arresting people, children or bicyclists or joggers for not wearing masks. Obsessed with it. Obsessed. And and we see how he really feels, much like Nancy Pelosi, who uh, not only uh, you know, went and broke all the rules and got her hair done, but then she tried to destroy the salon owner uh, for for exposing her and said she was set up. I mean, I, I don't know what point at what point people just get fed up. Even liberals, even you know, crazy lockdown lunatics say these people. They, they, you know, they're they're playing us. This is not real. Marty Walsh doesn't really believe that you must have a mask on or you will kill people. He does not believe that. He is pretending. He wants control. He wants power, and he's gotten it because people are such foolish sheep. I don't know if you have that picture of him, uh, uh, Dave, but I, I I guess I'll give him credit for one thing, Aiden. One thing, he didn't make an excuse. He didn't say it was set up like Nancy Pelosi. He didn't t- try to destroy some small business person. He said, you got me. <laughs> I screwed up. You got me. But he's basically confessing to being a hypocrite to not. Believe- yeah. Well, the th- you asked like, when will people care? They w- obviously they know at this point that they can do whatever they want in the name of safety and they will get away with it. I, I learned that after the, uh, the George Floyd riots is that like, you saw the governor of Rhode Island literally standing out there hand in hand with a bunch of protesters, no masks on, no social distancing, nothing. And then they went right back to, oh, we got to do everything. You know, we got to, we got to, we got to wash our hands. All that nonsense that they just completely ignored. And that's, and, and when people just blindly accepted that and didn't revolt, it's like, oh, we're screwed. I mean, the population is pacified at this point. All right. 180 days now, 15 days to, to flatten the curve has now become yeah. 180 days. And with no end in sight, because there are people, mostly Democrats or hacks like Fauci, who say we really need a vaccine. So until you get a vaccine, they're going to have you know mask mandates and curfews. And as we've learned, the, the most disturbing thing, and we've talked about it a lot, is that they don't care that they're destroying small business. They don't care. This is a party of the working people, right? The Democrats, Charlie yeah, right. Baker, liberals <laughs> like Charlie Baker are supposed to be championing the working class, and they are crushing small business, and they don't flinch. You never see them, you know, they'll they'll cry for George Floyd or they'll cry for uh, whatever, Jacob Blake, but they won't cry for the 4,000 restaurants that they have put out of business in, in this state and, and more than that in, in New York and New Jersey. They don't care at all. I mean, these are people who've lost their life savings and they don't care. And we will talk about it every damn day because it is the biggest outrage I've ever seen in my life. They, they just don't give a damn that they're destroying these these hardworking private sector jobs and and and, and small businesses it's disgusting <clears throat> but good job by you you know posting that picture the boston globe on the other hand they were busy <clears throat> the boston yeah. globe uh, staff 
busy oh, yeah. complaining about their, you know, they're not getting paid enough by John Henry, who's losing his shirt on this on this former newspaper, who bought it as just a, a vanity project. He paid a dollar for it, and all it is, he wanted to, wants to be like, you know, like Rupert Murdoch or Jeff Bezos and have a little toy, give his wife something to do, so she runs the paper. Uh, we know that nobody, uh, the, the circulation is down so far. You wouldn't believe. How it's like, think how insane that is, that that's like a toy for these the wealthy people now is just buying the media, controlling. Yes. Like That's a toy now. It's a thing that's you can do an asset. And think about think about the talk about an election meddling. I know Jeff Bezos wants to defeat Trump, right? John Henry, it's not in on the same level as the Washington Post. Obviously, it's not even close. It's really not a factor. But the Washington Post or, or uh, you know Jeff Zucker at CNN, these are hardcore partisans. Or Steve Jobs' widow at the Atlantic, and we'll get to her. But these are hardcore partisans never uh, who hate Trump who are using. Uh, the the newspapers or the TV state that they run, and they're pretending it's journalism. That's what the Globe's doing. These people are, are the the level of chutzpah, of gall to sit there and say, you know, you're just not paying me enough because I'm really important because journalism is so important, like they've ever done journalism. Uh, Dear and, Linda and John, Happy Labor Day from the Boston Newspaper Guild. It's been 20 months since our contract expired. And our members are still hoping that we can agree on a new deal that protects the journalists and other workers who make the globe our region's leading news organization at a time when readers are depending on us more than ever. Why do we want a fair contract? I want a fair contract because I believe the globe should live up to the expectations of its readers who expect really great journalism out of it and expect the globe to treat its employees the right way. I'm asking for a fair contract because I've earned it. We've all earned it, and we deserve it. We need our company to do what is right. Because without a fair contract, we're, we are a divided organization. We deserve a fair contract because the city of Boston deserves journalists whose seniority and experience are considered an asset, not a liability. I want a fair contract because I have over a hundred. Hold on. You got to play that. That's the best part. Hold on on right there. We, we, I want to set that up. I want to set that up because that that's, you know, your Boston Globe staff. Is there one of those people you think, uh, as combine them all. Have they come, have they broken as many stories as turtle boy has like in the last two days? Right. That's that's what I mean. When when I wrote down this part, we've all earned it. We deserve it. What, how have you earned it? Explain that. I don't think they understand what those words mean. Earn and deserve. They say the leading news source or news outlet in New England. No, that, that would be you. That would be turtle boy. Cause I would say who's broken the most news who broke, who's broken the most stories. These people, they're talking about how they earned it. I'm telling you the circulation I, at the peak, it was like 400 something thousand. It's like, it's like 60,000. Now there's nobody who buys the paper anymore. It's, it, it's, you know, Henry's losing money. He doesn't mind. He can afford it. And his, and his wife needs something to do when she's not, you know, doing the gardening at the garden, doing the gardening at Fenway. But the goal, oh boy, see, it's call of these people say, we deserve it. Why? What did you do? What did, I mean, that's Jerry. That's how liberal. Think this, is what the Bernie, this is what Bernie bros have, 
trained America to do is they just think just by existing, I deserve something, right? Like I deserve, I worked hard today. In my, in my opinion, I worked hard today. I woke up at, you know, six o'clock and I worked and I did this and, but that's not how it works. You need to create in a capitalistic society, you need to create a product that people want and are willing to pay for. And right now over the series of years, Subscriptions has gone down significantly for the Boston Globe. Readership yeah. online goes down significantly. There's no reason for people to buy to get past the paywall anymore. Nobody does it. So that when that happens, the paper loses money and they're going to start making cuts. And if you're not, you know, bringing in money, then what use are you to them? See, they're lost. That whole concept, they're lost on it because I mean, these people, they, they, you know, probably all support Black Lives Matter, right? Black Lives Matter so wants to end capitalism. That wants to defund the police, wants to open the borders. They're all in. You see them. Do you, does do, do any one of them think, uh, you know, think fairly, objectively? I mean, these are left-wing partisans, and they go into journalism to advance a left-wing agenda. That's what they do at the Globe, just like the Washington Post and New York Times and CNN. But we stopped it right there for a reason, because this is my favorite part. If you're if you're undecided on who to root for, John and Linda, John Henry and Linda Pizzuti, the owners of the Globe, the you know the aristocrats who own the Globe and the Red Sox, and and that's some soccer team that they're always uh, tweeting about, they're uh, in this dispute with the guild, with the union members at the Globe, who are driving the paper into the toilet and demanding a raise. So we're about to get to my favorite journalist and her reason that she deserves a fair contract. <laughs> I'll just set it up. I'll just, I'll just, get, she, she has so much student debt that she has to pay off. She wants John Henry to give her a raise or she's going to leave the globe and go somewhere else Please don't to leave. get to make more money. Now watch this and tell me where could she go where she could make more money than, than the, than the charity that, that uh, John Henry's given her right now at the globe. I want a fair contract because I have over $125,000 in student loan debt to pay off and I don't want to have to leave the globe to do it. We are asking management for a contract. <laughs> and and the other guy too. The guy that just came up because he's yeah. significant. Okay, we'll get to him next. Go ahead. Yeah, but, but, but consider that. There are people out there. This this is for you know the, the average person in New England who's you know, whatever, a potential globe reader or maybe a, a former globe reader. They're supposed to say, you know, John Henry, give them a contract because that woman took out $125,000 in loans to get her journalism degree. And if you don't give her a raise and you don't you know, give her more money, she will leave to go somewhere else. Uh, do baristas at Starbucks make enough money to pay off $125,000? Again, Jerry, it comes back down to like they these people equate like I deserve this. Why? Like they don't think about how. Where the nobody ever thinks about where the money comes from. They just think, right. well, no, I work no. hard, therefore I deserve it. So I went, I went to school. I paid all this money, therefore I deserve a job that pays one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I deserve it. I went to college, don't you know? I have a degree, but that means shit. I means shit. You know what? You should do one of your man on the street. You know, ambush interviews and get this woman and say, "Tell me one story you've broken. Tell me yeah. one, one story yeah. you've advanced." And she'll say, well, I covered it that there was one day there was a, a rally and I covered it and I interviewed people. Well, who can't do that? Uh, anyone. You need a call. Yeah, tell me your skill. 
Tell me your skill that is not replaceable by somebody that I could pay less money to you. Like that's how capitalism works. You make yourself valuable. Like you don't just exactly you you gain leverage, and then you say, "I." By the way, is Kevin Cullen in this video? I didn't notice Kevin Cullen. Uh, the I did not see guy. Kevin Cullen. <laughs> Imagine that. That would have been fantastic. You did see the uh, hockey writer. I don't. Yeah, he's the next guy that we stopped on there. Oh, that's the hockey writer. Not who him. Was, Play that one. Probably. Was upset because Tuka Rask had a Boston police. Uh, Boston police hat on and we think was uh, in cahoots with the Bruins executive to uh, Photoshop Charlie Coyle's jersey, uh, shirt because he had a BPD on, emblem on it and they Photoshopped it out because they're ashamed to be associated with the cops. Not that's only that, Jerry, not, but that's, that's the Bruins fault. His fault, the, the globe's fault was they knew about this. And he initially, when I put the story out, he tweeted out something like that's fake news or he's making that oh, up. Right, right, and right. then it turned out to be true. Like that's literally your job is to cover this. And you made an assessment that this was fake and you chose not to cover it. But as it turns out, it was true you screwed up and now you're asking for a raise. That's insane. <laughs> okay. Let's hear from more. And you tell me, I know you're torn. You don't know whether to root for John Henry or root for the guild root for these clowns. I'm, I'm torn. Too. I'm maybe maybe, John Henry. maybe by John the Henry. end of this video, you know, I'll have a, uh, I'll, I'll pick a favorite and I'll have a rooting interest, but let's listen to the rest of these poor underpaid guild members at the Boston globe. I want a fair contract because I have over $125,000 in student loan debt to pay off and I don't want to have to leave the globe to do it. We are asking management for a contract that ensures New England's best collection of reporters is able to provide a critical regional resource. Are we not holding up our end of the bargain? We need a fair contract because it sets a standard that the Globe's journalists are truly valued for the work that we do. Because they're hardworking and dedicated employees. And deserve to be treated fairly. I believe I deserve a fair contract because now more than ever, journalists are on the front line reporting on very important issues uh, ranging from social change to the whole pandemic. And the least we deserve is um, is a contract that ensures our safety and ensures our well-being as journalists. I want a new contract because I want the strife to end. Guild members will never accept a contract that destroys the union. So please, let's move on from that. This Labor Day, as we do every day, the Boston Newspaper Guild is standing up for the rights of our employees. We're standing together to get a fair contract that respects and values our hard work. We just have one question. Will you stand with us? Probably not. Oh, my God. No way. They really think that was uh, persuasive. That is amazing. That, that uh, The best collection of reporters all together... They don't add up to, you know, one. Notice that nowhere in that two minute infomercial, do they ever show a single piece of work that they did that they show up? It's like, see, look, I created this product. They don't show any of that because there is nothing. When she says that, my fear was we I, we cover issues such as social change in the pandemic. Oh, and nobody's doing that. And then they say, check this out. Uh, first of all, did you see there weren't that many people of color there, were there? I mean, I counted. That's what the globe does. They go and they count. At every organization, every business, other than their own, other than Red Sox, don't do that. But they count how many executives everyone has. Were there? There weren't that many people of color, were there? I don't think. Yeah, where was Renee Graham? She wasn't invited. Question: Where was Shirley? Shirley Young. I mean, they're talk about journalists. Talk about people (laughs) on the front lines. What's the biggest story of the summer? By far, the biggest news story of the summer. You would say civil unrest, would you not? Absolutely. Civil unrest, you know, like the rioting that Ayanna Presley has called for. I wonder if the Globe has written that at all, how Ayanna Presley has called for more rioting. 
But Jack the Cannon. Monica, the Monica Cannon Grant story. Why didn't? Why, like, even if you don't like her, if you write about it, people are going to click on it, and then you make money. Good, so absolutely, not? absolutely. Hey, the Marty Walsh story. Let's talk about easy. Someone did the work for you. They caught him without a mask. You write a story, call him a hypocrite. You get clicks. They don't care about clicks. They care about stopping Trump. They're just like Charlie Baker and the rest of the, the hacks out there. Their goal is to stop Trump. But Hell, right the, biggest, the biggest story this summer, Aiden, is civil unrest. It is rioting, yeah. looting. It is it is all the you know riot, uh, uh, fires, arson, the anarchists out there, BLM. Are they on the front lines of that? My question would be, why aren't you in Seattle? Why aren't you in Portland? Why aren't you in Kenosha? Why aren't you covering the biggest story? You said you're on the front lines. Not one of those people has been on the front lines of the biggest story of the summer. They have not left the the cozy confines of wherever their you know offices these days. But uh, the idea that they're out there risking risking their lives, like you know our guy Andy No, that and, and a few others, Dylan Hernandez. There's a few other guys, uh, people on Twitter who are out there covering this story, this civil unrest every day. Thank God for citizen journalists and their iPhones, or we wouldn't know. If it's up to the Globe and the Washington Post and the New York Times, we wouldn't even know they've been trying to burn down Portland for uh, for 100-plus days. We wouldn't even know what they did to Kenosha. You know, Not only are these people sitting back in the comfortable confines of their offices and not on the front lines, but they don't want you to know. You know, They're not reporting it. They're not interested in it. They Again, it doesn't help their guy, Joe Biden, so they're not going to cover it. It is. It is. Com- we, were ta- we were talking about this briefly before the show. It's like we, we always talk about how Turtle Boy breaks these stories and then gets no credit for it. Right. And, I, and I'm not necessarily uh, I'm not a globe guy or anything like that. But the globe does the globe does journalism and everybody else in the media locally piggybacks off what the globe does. But they show no fucking fight either. They show no fight. Like when WBZ steals the Globe content, they show no fight. Like Turtle Boy shows fight every day of don't steal my content. The Globe does have the resources to actually be, uh, you know, actually be a newspaper. They have have every resource. They have more resources than the television stations in town, and they do nothing. They do nothing. They don't care. They don't care about business. They don't care. Turtle Boy's right. They don't care about, you know, the actual product. Like here's we want clicks. We want readers. We want revenue. They just, I mean, these people, it's all I mean, just think about this. The most noticeable person that I, like, just because of the new world, right? Like you get traction based off the internet, based off social media. The only person to leave, and I hate her content. I despise her content, but the only person to leave the Boston globe and have any form of visibility is Charlotte fucking Wilder. <laughs> Charlotte <laughs> Wilder. Is that has nothing to do with, I mean, maybe, maybe she's Boston a globe. She may, that has nothing to do with talent though. She's not a good writer. She's not a good reporter. She does these goofy, you know, uh, lifestyle stories and, and she probably sells her, uh, herself well. And they're all, you know, generally in sports media, they're looking for, it's all about identity politics. And maybe the, some of these places are looking for a woman. So she gets in, in that way. Not one globe person that the average person out there knows anymore. Like they, you know, they knew, you know, Mike Barnacle, they don't know a single person. There's not a single person you just saw in that video that draws readers slash customers to the Boston Globe, to their website or to the newsstand to buy the product. They're a bunch of nobodies and they're, they're there because again, they are radical lefties who hate Trump. And that's the goal. Stop Trump. It doesn't matter how many clicks they get or how many 
ads they sell, they're all living in some fantasy land where they're important and, you know, they're in the front lines. I'd love to know what front line you were ever on. Uh, I don't even know who she was, but it is, it is comical. Uh, and I had to, I had to start with that because they stand that all that whole crew, that whole crew together hasn't done the, the work that one weird Worcester blogger has done this summer in terms of covering stories, breaking stories, getting clicks. I mean, I assume he just took off to go take a call and, and yeah, he brought, yeah he's currently restarting his computer at the moment, but yeah. um, he actually but, knows what people want to read about. Right. And they, they, I mean, we can get everything that's on in the, inside the globe. We can get it on the five o'clock news. So we truly do not. Oh, right. You can get it on free websites too. You get a plenty yeah. of free websites, but if you think about it, even if you like Marty Walsh, even if you're a you know crazy Democrat and you get this picture of him, with no mask, with no social distancing, and you post it, you get a million clicks. You get some people support him for whatever reason, and some and some will condemn him. But that's what it's all about. It's not about uh, you know whatever they said. It's, that's literally the like, only thing we get in this conversation all the time. The only thing people are talking about in the world right now is this virus and wearing masks and kids going back to school. And the Globe doesn't put the wet, the mayor not wearing a mask on the front page of his friggin' newspaper. I always wonder what it's in, internally. They've already seen it. Obviously, they've all seen it. They've, obviously, they follow Turtle Boy and they uh, they know they're on Twitter. They know that picture's out there. They know the mayor's a friggin' hypocrite. So they consciously suppress it because they like him. They must. Or because they don't want to give Turtle Boy credit. So well, they, they probably they, won't now. Did you see that Michelle Wu is going to run for mayor? And they love Michelle Wu. So they definitely won't suppress it now. I, well, I, I, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they'll be rooting for whatever radical you know runs against Marty. All these guys, all these old white guys like Marty, obviously it started with Capuano. They all can see you know the, the, the writing on the wall. They all know that the inner cities, at least, and uh, blue states are going radical, going full radical. There's going to be a lot more Ayanna Presley's, unfortunately, a lot more AOCs, and a lot less Marty Walsh's, uh, and they and they know it, so they're going to have to tack left. And you you've seen it with Marty already. You know, Marty thanked the writers who who looted uh, Newberry Street. He thanked them for coming. So did so did Charlie Baker, by the way. That was feels like years ago, but that was the start of the civil unrest. We were lucky in Boston. We only had a couple of days and a few smashed storefronts and one. Uh, burned police car, but Marty, Marty thanked him for coming and trashing his city. That's that's what you're going to hear a lot more of. There is not going to be anyone as moderate as Marty, you know, in the future. They're all going to be, you know, to the left of uh, of AOC. But what, what's the biggest story the Globe has broken in the last year? I don't know. You got me. You tell me. I don't. I, I have no clue. I, I mean, what what do they actually point to and say? Look, look, we did that. Look what we spent the last year doing besides every day, just waking up and finding a different way to say orange man, bad. That seems to be their only ability. Anyone on Twitter can do that. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what? They don't even have a unique any, skill. They don't even have good writers anymore. I mean, they have liberals, but they're hacks. They're not even good you know, writers. Uh, you know, the best writer would probably be, uh, you know, Shaughnessy or Jeff Jacoby. There's nobody there that can can write that makes you appreciate their their talent, even if you disagree with them. I mean, all they do is sit down, right, and say Trump bad, Trump suck, Trump lies. But uh, um, that's like, 
why don't they have other things like why don't they have a podcast channel you know like do, is there a global like podcast channel because the new york times it's like the biggest one out there it's a good question i don't know i, I don't know they Maybe they haven't figured that out yet. They they have to get a fair contract first, Aiden. Oh, right, they have right, to right. Treat it fairly because they deserve it. They took out lots of loans, and now it's up to John Henry to pay them off. All right, before we get to the uh, to the Atlantic story, to just the most comical, the most ludicrous hit job you have ever seen. All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth Management. I am here again with my friend Dave McDonough. Dave, before we go over the Managing Your Money in Retirement Guide again, be our resident Jim Cramer. Tell me what went on in the market last week. Dave, we had the best August in over 30 years. That's how we ended the week. In the middle of the week, we had an all-time high, but we gave it back. We gave it back because those growth stocks, people are chasing them, Dave. They don't even know what they're investing. They just know that they go up every day, which does not happen. Good news today in the jobs front, though, unemployment, get this, at eight and a half percent. America is getting back to work. So the good thing about what all that stuff you just said is that you keep an eye on that stuff. So guys like me who had four 401ks all over the place, you're managing that. I don't have to be thinking about it all the time. A couple guys called you last week from this show, right? That's who correct. had a similar situation, four or five 401ks. If other people out there have them, what should they do? Dave, they don't know where it's invested. They don't know how it's invested and how it was affected this week. Take control of your retirement before the market does it for you. Get your hands on the guide. It's a great start. It's not the end-all, be-all, Dave, but it's a good start to taking control of your retirement. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot in one second, but watch this. Go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement, flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. I'm the best pitch man in the business. I'm handing it off to you for one second. Let's give them a phone number. If people want to call to request the guide, what's the number to request it? You know, call me direct, 617-237-3081. Again, 617-237-3081. That's direct. I toss that out there at you and we act like you just bust it out like it wasn't even planned. It's not a big I use. should know my phone number. It's okay. Yeah, that's a smart thing to know. Again, that's flagshipwealth.com slash retirement, or you can use that number that Dave just gave out. And this one's for you, Greg, because I don't get disclaimers wrong. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Bang! Since you started us off with the uh, mask hypocrites, with the mask fanatics, Marty Walsh being... Uh, top of the list. I got to say that over the weekend, uh, we saw the craziest, most maniacal mask. I don't want to call him a Nazi. What would you call that mask uh, fanatic? Yeah, I like Nazis though. Okay. That's getting clipped by the way. That what I just said. The mask Nazi. In Joe West, country Joe West, if you're not aware because you're not a baseball fan. I used to be a baseball fan, and this is the first baseball play I've seen all summer was uh, Joe West, country Joe West. If you if you don't know who he is, he's an obese umpire who's been around for a long time. He looks like a pelican. His, his chin hangs down like halfway down his chest. He really shouldn't be out at work right now. He should be at home quarantining, but he is. He's umpiring games with no fans. And in the middle of a game, a Washington Nationals game, he stopped the action, pointed up to the private suites, up to the luxury boxes, and ejected the the Nationals general manager who was in the box alone by himself without a mask on. He ejected him from the game, which I don't even know what that means. So, so what does he do? He just leaves the suite and goes back to, you know, his office. <laughs> so what? But he made a big. Uh, deal How do you even know it. about that? You just saw, you just saw a headline. 
How would you even know that everywhere. happened? Because, I mean, I don't watch ESPN. Where do you see You just saw it on social media or something? I saw it on social media. I may have seen it on the news. It was kind of a big deal because it is so bizarre. It is so bizarre. He ejects a guy who's, I don't know how far away that is, 200 feet away, in a luxury box, alone. Nobody in there with him. And it is kind of funny watching the umpires with the uh, masks on and the managers come out. I've only seen highlights. Managers come out and argue and they get their masks on and they just kind of mumble at each other. But you're going to have to go a long way to top the fanaticism of one country, Joe West, who I understand he's a little paranoid, a little skittish because he's obese and he's old, but he shouldn't be there. He should be home. He should be. I mean, that's what I've said. Is it a Giants game? It was a, I don't know. It was a Nationals and. Uh, well, if, Jerry, I'm going to ask that because if Pablo's on the field, he's high risk. <laughs> That's so you got to wear a mask. Point. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm not sure who the Giants, I mean, who the uh, Nationals were playing. But um, he literally stopped the game, walked to the, you know, out, pointed up and said, uh, you have to leave here because you have no masks. And, and Maybe literally nobody was around him. Like there, he was just up there by himself. It didn't look like anybody was within a yeah, mile of where he was. It had, it had no purpose. It had no impact. Yeah, I, I don't. It's, get it. it's it's actually kind of comical, but you know that's I guess the state of our country. We have these crazy fanatics. It was a Braves Nationals game. I know that's important to you. Who they were playing? I'm just uh, it, was, it was a, it was a Pablo joke. I was setting myself up there, Jerry. I'm sorry. Maybe there's some overweight players on one of these teams. But uh, yeah. seventh inning, Rizzo was up there by himself. Uh, and the broadcaster could hear, uh, on the broadcast you could hear Humper, Humper, Hunter Wendelstead say, you're out. Joe West wanted him gone. Um, he'd been yelling at the umpires from his suite uh, about some of the calls, the ball strike calls. So Joe West decided he had none of that. And I gotta, I'm looking at the video of Joe West now. He has not getting any, uh, any leaner. He should not be out there. I've said from the beginning, if you're in the condition, if you're like Joe West, you know, let everyone else go back to school, go back to work. You stay home, you know, stay home, stay safe, watch TV, whatever, rest. You should not be out there in harm's way because if he gets the virus, that's scary. You know, if a player gets the virus, some, you know, 20-year-old, 22-year-old. Why scary? Because he's old and he's fat and he might oh, not. Joe survive. West gets it. Oh, Joe West, I thought you meant the players. No, I'm with you. I mean, God yeah. knows. it's uh, and, and And you know what? I know. Uh, we've talked about this uh, a lot in the last few weeks. I think sports has started up again. I mean, successfully, I think we've reached the point where you could say the NBA, the NHL. I mean, the ratings suck, uh, especially for the NBA. Uh, but people aren't keeling over and dying of the virus in the middle of the games. I, I, the people who said you can't play sports, they were wrong. As Clay Travis calls them, the Corona bros were dead wrong. Football starts this week. We're going to do some football this week, uh, Colin. We're going to do some sports. Nice. nice. Thursday. Football starts Thursday night. It will go off, I don't want to say without a hitch, but uh, there'll be some fans in some stadiums, and some stadiums there won't be because, you know, Gretchen Whitmer probably won't allow the Lions to have any fans, but some fans, you know, some places they will have them. There will be no great spike in, you know, in the death, in the uh, death toll. And it'll really disappoint the Corona Bros and the and the Trump haters because football is 
back of the, college football. The only, the only death in sports was that line judge that uh, Djokovic tried to murder the that's other awesome. day. That's, <laughs> <great. laughs> that's absurd that uh, that actually was the second most absurd ejection of the weekend. <laughs> just, I, mean, I, just saw, I just saw a tweet saying the line judge is getting death threats. And this is one of my pet peeves. I know I've said it before. But if you're going to say you're getting death threats – can you just show them to us? Yeah. Know, I assume they're on Twitter or text or something. Yeah. Let me see the death threats before I feel sorry for you. Mm. You're not getting any death threats. Come read my inbox any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, you get death threats and you'll show them. I've had them yeah. in the past. Um, most death threats aren't real death yeah. threats. They're not like legit. They're Twitter death threats. They're words on a computer screen unless somebody comes to you. You want to see a threat? It was what happened to us in Hyde Park yesterday. We'll get to that later. Yeah, I, I will get right. to that. Um, you know, like, on, I, on football, we don't seen since we're two yeah. days away, right? Two days away. Two from days the to the peace play, I believe. And don't you think that that half the country, you know, all the Corona Bros and all the Democrats are hoping somehow it's disastrous. Somehow football, you know, like some coach or some important player gets, or, or all the quarterbacks on one team get the virus and can't play, and then the product is affected, or the offensive line all gets sick, the whole offensive line, and they can't play, and suddenly. You know, Patrick Mahomes has no protection, or something. they're hoping it's going to be disastrous. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to work just fine the way the other sports have, even though it's not in a bubble. They're not, you know, traveling all over the place and going to restaurants and nightclubs. They're going to be, you know, for the most part, behaving. Here's what plus, they're going to do. Plus, they're protesting, so they can't get sick. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Let's not forget see, that. See, Northeastern University kicked out 11 freshmen who showed up and had a party. So they kicked them out of school and kept the money. And all they had to do, these dumb kids, is hold up a sign that said Black Lives Matter and then have a party and they'd be untouchable. But they didn't get a lawyer. Hopefully they're suing. Yeah, no Sue kidding. this no shit kidding. out of these schools. And but so uh, back to the, the, the games. So the Patriots are not allowing tailgating at any of their games and they're going to have like 20% capacity. Right. I'm wondering, is this a Goodell thing? Is this league-wide because what happens if the Atlanta Falcons or some southern state just decides, now nah, we're going full capacity. Won't they have a home field advantage? Yes, and I, I think it has to be – the league has to be involved in somehow, but you're right. There are different regions where those kind of gatherings aren't allowed, but the league, I think, will be involved. They're not going to allow you know full stadiums. Uh, I don't even know how that's going to work. You're gonna I be haven't heard to- anything about that, like what the league mandates. It sounds like it's up to the owners to like be – you know responsible, whatever that yep. means. And so there's pressure on them. So what happens when the first renegade owner decides, you know what? I'm filling this, I'm filling this puppy up. So you, and, and then what you sit with your friends and family that you go to the game with, but you can't sit with strangers. Is that how it's going to work? You high five strangers. Oh, it's a good, no, no, definitely not. You give them a little, little there's, a lot of, there's a lot of that going on at, at football games. You high five strangers. Sometimes here's what the, they will never be if not as obnoxious as the NBA. The NBA is still, you know, black lives matter on the court. We're in the black lives. And they're still honoring a violent Marxist political organization. Well, so and, is Kamala and, Harris, but so is Kamala Harris, of course, but, and so is every Democrat. Um, but um, the, NFL is going to – I hope it's kind of you know understated. Just do it opening day. Everyone's going to kneel. I was just reading a story that uh, a um, Cowboys player, Tyrone Crawford, offensive lineman, uh, revealed to the media that they're allowed to protest during the anthem. In the past, the Cowboys uh, forbid it. Jerry Jones forbid it. He said they did it once. Remember the whole team kneeled together holding, and they said no more, and they didn't do it. So this guy, Tyrone – Crawford, 
let the cat out of the bag, said, we're allowed to do it. And he said what he's going to do this thir- uh, this Sunday is, quote, make a boom. <laughs> but doesn't that make it lame? Like, you, oh, you oh, got permission from daddy to protest. What kind of protest is that where you have to ask permission? You know what? You can't. You can't. If Jerry Jones or if you're Roger Goodell, you can't say you're not allowed to do anything. As long as it's in the name of social justice, Aiden, as long as it's the name of Black Lives Matter, these guys could, you know, run naked across the field at, at, during the anthem, and people say, "Isn't that wonderful?" All the ESPN you know, types will say, "Isn't that great?" They're finally, you know, allowed to express themselves. But I'm not sure what Tyrone Crawford means by "make a boom." That's literally a quote. He's hoping to make a boom this week. I mean, I hope it's not like in his pants, is it? That'd be disgusting. But uh, yeah. they're gonna. Neil, lots and lots of players. I'm on record as that saying. Joe Biden calls when he wets his freaking diaper. No, <laughs> like that's making pee pee. But uh, there are going to be a lot of players kneeling Thursday in the Texas Chiefs and a lot of players kneeling Sunday, including, I'm predicting, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, who go head to head in the first game in 70 something games that Brady's been an underdog. First time in five years, Brady's an underdog to the, uh, to the Saints. On Sunday, um, I guess it's at New Orleans, but whatever. That'll be the the rating in New England for the uh, Bucks game will rival the Patriots game. Wouldn't you agree? There, it's one o'clock Patriots, I believe, and four o'clock Bucks. They're both going to get big ratings. Hopefully, you know they just take a knee and get on with it. Hopefully, it's not over the top. They're going to paint the end zones too, right? One of them's going to say end racism, and the other one's going to say I don't know what education reform <laughs> stay in school but i hope it's not too obnoxious the way uh, the way the nba is for their sake hell the nba ratings stink because people don't are, are just tired of it they're sick of it it is it is getting worse in the sports media i will say this is getting worse it's getting more obnoxious um did you see? And I don't. I'm a little nervous about going here. I know you're not. You don't care about anything. You are. You are. The yes. most, I'm a little nervous. I still, you know, want to be able to, uh, you know, get invited to to all the right parties, and you know, I still want to be in with the uh, in crowd. But Kirk Herbstreit's performance, which got rave reviews on Twitter, in the media, it was everything. It was all that. Did you see Kirk Herbstreit cry when asked about? I guess social justice. It was very. I saw strange. the headline and I did not, um, you know, uh, I didn't watch it because it's just so cringe. I can't watch cringe. I, I don't know if you can isolate it, Dave. It's long. It's like three minutes, but he starts crying halfway through talking about, I don't know, talking about black drivers being forced to put their hands on the wheel. And he doesn't mention, you know, Jacob Blake or George Floyd or any black player that he's played with who, I mean, since he talked to David Shaw, the coach of the, uh, of Stanford, but he doesn't talk about any actual injustices. He just starts rambling about guys with hoodies and people put their hands on the wheel and he breaks down crying and the other people on the panel start crying too. <laughs> it is so over the top and so melodramatic. And I was watching today and another cop, a Nebraska cop who got shot two weeks ago, passed away. He has four kids. Uh, uh, we all know about David Dorn. We know about Patrick Underwood. Would would um, Kirk Herbstreit ever cry for them? I mean, does he cry for the, an eight-year-old kid in Chicago got murdered yesterday, just or uh, Sunday? Kirk Herbstreit cry for them? I mean, it's very selective. 
And it's and it's very. You can make a list of people they'll cry for. They'll cry for the Kurds. Let's not forget about the Kurds. <laughs> the Kurds. Um, the troops who had their feelings hurt by imaginary words in the Atlantic. Uh, you know, you go any uh, the hundred eighty thousand old people that Andrew Cuomo killed. They, they'll pretend to care about them. It's they'll cry like about anybody who died, and it's politically useful for them to cry about. That's who they'll care about. Be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. And I think that that's what I mean when I think our, the, the black community is hurting. If you've listened and, and the, the word empathy and compassion over these last four months, how do you listen to these stories and not feel pain and, and not, not want to help? You know what I mean? It's like the, wearing a hoodie and... Uh, Putting your putting your your hands at ten and two, oh God! I better look out because I'm 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 wearing Nike gear. Like what? What are we talking about? And so you can't relate to that if you're white, but you can listen, and you can uh, try to help because this is not okay. <laughs> That's so I, I didn't realize how funny that was. That is hilarious. The woman, I don't know who, who's the woman. Oh. The she starts crying and oh, he's, you know he's doing it for her too. You know and, he saw her in the little box there. He's like, I'm uh, doing this for you. I'm telling you, I know you were you you were busy, you know, chasing uh, Monica Cannon Grant around this weekend. Twitter loved this. The Rex Chapman's out there. Oh my god, they fell over themselves saying this is everything. Literally, this. They thought that was everything. not. They thought that was real. They uh, thought that was real, uh, like an authentic uh, cry. Beyond real, beyond real. I mean. I think you can cry. I mean, if you're talking about something specific in a person, I mean, you just say, put your hands on the wheel 10 to 2. What, Nike gear? What is he talking about, Nike yeah. gear? It's just Nike gear. Is he crying for the Uyghur Muslims, the slaves who are making the Nike stuff? Is that who he's crying for? I mean, and the idea of the black community. I would ask Kirk Herbstreet, is David Dorn part of the black community? Is that eight-year-old kid in Chicago, we don't have his name yet, who was killed this weekend, murdered, shot dead? Is he part of the black community? Because I would love to hear your, uh, hear as much empathy for them as you have for the, whoever he's talking about who puts his hands on the wheel and wears a, wears a hoodie. I mean, it's just some, it's some abstract that makes this guy break down crying. It's very strange. You would not cry. Like, you know, they were all just watching it in their heads, the other boxes, and they're just thinking, this motherfucker... This guy's he's and now I have to go along with this. I have yeah. to say that was so brave. That was so emotional. Nobody can actually say, come on, dude, relax. Come I'll tell on. You, you, you should go ahead and uh, mark him on Twitter and you will get savaged. I know you don't care, but yeah. you'll get savaged. I won't, but, yeah. but Twitter universe I loves this. Love this. But do you think, I mean, what is he crying about exactly? I would say, Kirk, what, you, what exactly, what has affected you yeah. this profoundly? Tell me. Yeah. What makes you that sad? Like what, what set this off? I can think of, there's a lot of things on my day-to-day basis. If I sat down and contemplated and thought about it for a while, I suppose I could cry. That's not one of them. Like, how could that, why are you crying? Why Jacob Blake made you cry? Why are you crying? I mean, I was thinking, you know, Jacob Blake make you cry or or George Floyd or who, I mean, maybe maybe there's some shop owner in uh, Kenosha or in Portland who's had their life ruined, who've had their business destroyed. Maybe he's crying for them, which I would understand, but he's, crying for someone who's told to put your hands on the wheel what are you talking about i mean it it just seemed like a performance to me like a a uh kind of a 
manipulation of these, you know, obviously these vulnerable people who are going to uh, just fall for it because, you know, they're, they, everything they do is about emotion and empathy. And, you know, even if it's pretend, that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, facts. Um, but that one, that was Kirk Herbstreet, who is now a hero. He probably how long do we have to listen to this? For? I mean, how long does this go on for? Like, b- before every game now, I have to listen to Kirk Herbstreet talk about social justice. Like, I give a shit about what he has to say about anything but football. How long do we have to keep listening to this for? It's a good question. It good question. I, I mean, how long are they going to continue to burn Portland? I mean, I, I wonder, I guess, till November 3rd would be the answer, Aiden, till November 3rd. Um, by the way, the name, <clears throat> the cop's name was Mario Herrera, 23-year veteran of the Lincoln, Nebraska Police Department, shot <clears throat> two weeks ago. Uh, he finally passed away. I'm not sure if Kirk Herbstreet will cry, but he's got a wife and four children they left behind. Uh, I'm not sure Kirk Herbstreet will even even know that name, but uh, say her name. Say his name. Um, but it's a good question. How long is this going to go on? How long are they going to continue to burn Portland? How long will, uh, you know, have they, they looked at the polls. Have they not seen that black lives matter is no longer as popular as it was in June? Like this is not such a shock because they're doing, you know, as, as Ayanna Presley said, they're just out there affirming the value of black lives. Affirming yeah, the value. They had a good run with George Floyd. He was, he was, very, it was sympathetic because the video was hard to watch and it was clearly in the wrong for the, like we got a cop doing something clearly wrong. They were riding high. And then the, the string of the last three winners has not been as good. You got the guy in Rochester with the spit mask. Then you got the guy uh, in, in Washington, DC with the gun who gets shot, the 18 year old. And yep. then you got Jacob Blake. None of those three is sympathetic. Uh, it, it is true, and they've also – you know what? You know why BLM is losing uh, – the popularity is dropping? Because they don't care. They don't want to be popular. They want to be obnoxious. The right. latest the latest video, and Trump just tweeted about it this morning, which uh, – and, and maybe it will force uh, the media to cover it. The latest video, I think, hits home for a lot of people. They're outdoor, they're outdoor dining in Pittsburgh, and there's a Black Lives Matter – uh, violent protests going by down the road. So they decide to go and trash the restaurant, you know, because black lives matter and they go in and they start harassing a woman. If you haven't seen the video, you should see it, it is disturbing. They start throwing chairs around and trashing the, the cafe. I'm not sure why I did Pittsburgh uh, defund their cops. Cause there's no cops to be seen. They go up to the woman, they start eating and uh, drinking her drink. And the woman is this old white, gray-haired lady with, I think, like her daughter, scared to death. They start screaming at her like she, you know, like she's some, you know, Klansman or something. And they drink her drink. And then they go and start pushing chairs over and they storm out of the restaurant. Now, if you look at that video, are you more or less compelled to hang a Black Lives Matter banner from your uh, apartment or your your house or put a a lawn sign up? I'm guessing Uh, slightly less, slightly. I saw. I took a picture and tweeted yesterday of a, a house, big beach house on the water, and they got an American flag flying with a Black Lives Matter flag, and I'm thinking that's obviously a successful person. They got a big beach house. Do they understand the how those aren't really compatible? That one, United States. We all know what that flag stands for. Some of us are uh, proud of it and honor it. The other flag represents a Marxist political organization that wants to defund the police, open the borders, and, oh, yeah, end capitalism. So there's a person with a huge beach house 
saying, I'd like to support this group that wants to end capitalism. Okay. It seems a little incongruent to me, but what do I know? I mean, uh, just, you, did you see the videos in Rochester over the weekend of, of yes. what they were doing there, just destroying restaurants, like driving people out. And it's like, yes, more of this, please, especially in swing states. Thank you for doing that in Pittsburgh. Thank you. And, and you know what? You won't see the follow-ups except for maybe Fox and, you know, some uh, citizen journalists and, you know, people like Turtle Boy and Andy No. You won't see the follow-ups. Have you seen like Minneapolis or Kenosha? Have you seen Kenosha? It's not like they just went out the next day and sweeped up the glass. There's just hundreds of buildings burned, destroyed, that aren't coming back. It's incredible. And, and but Jerry, insurance will cover it. Jerry, did you know that? <laughs> and and I, it's and, and it's and, not. It's not covering it. Like in, in Minneapolis, that's a big problem they're having up there. Is that insurance is not covering the complete destruction of their property? And, and that's literally I, that was an excuse used by like that crazy red-haired lady at the New York Times who won the Pulitzer, whatever her name is. Uh, she she actually said this. Uh, well, they have insurance. They'll be able to get it back, but black lives cannot come back. They don't. So. But, but they don't, even if they get the insurance, they don't rebuild it and make it like a brand new. They just say, I'm getting the hell out of this neighborhood because it's going to happen again. Everyone knows when if Trump wins or if, or if uh, you know, Derek Chauvin gets uh, acquitted, God forbid, or if Kyle Rittenhouse they drop the charges and they will. Well, what happens then? Or happens? if Derek Chauvin gets found, acquitted, which he very well may be, the more evidence that comes out. I just said that, but you're right. Oh, you said Derek Chauvin. I apologize. I thought you said, talked about Rittenhouse. I said I, both, but you're oh. right. You're right. There's going to be lots of triggers, lots of triggers and lots more violence. And I, I don't think the leaders of Black Lives Matter, the, you know, the trained Marxists, they're not looking to separate themselves from the looters and the rioters and the Antifa scum. They're not. They're not interested in that. That's the media's job. The Democrats' job is to say, oh, no. You know, like Ayanna Presley says, oh, no, they're just interested in affirming the value of black lives. And then Black Lives Matter turns around, trashes a restaurant, says, bullshit. We're here to, you know, scare people. We're here to intimidate people. So they're not really, again, I'll give them credit. They're more honest than the people who are covering up for them. Uh, they're they're going to continue this until at least November 3rd. And I just feel bad. I mean, I might even cry for the store owners and the, and the, you know, bar owners, restaurant owners whose lives are being destroyed, you know, in, you know, in the interest. If you do cry, Jerry, make sure you whip out, whip out your cell phone, go on Periscope. It doesn't count if you don't live stream the cry. We need to okay. see grown. When did that become a thing, by the way, that it's like grown men, like are proud to cry. I mean, I understand we're I, all human. You know, it was comical. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a debate between Kennedy and Markey a couple of weeks ago. Yes, and yes. they asked them, when's the last time you cried? And they and went I up forget, to each other. I can't even forget which one was which, but the first guy says, I Kennedy cried. said, yeah. First one says, I cried yesterday. And then the next one, I believe tried to top him and say, I cried today. No, he said Sunday. So it was two days ago. Cause he couldn't say like an hour ago. Cause that would seem ridiculous. So he, and he had to make it seem recently. It's, oh, it's like a, cry right now. I mean, if, if a grown man cries, it's usually something, you know, fairly dramatic, fairly profound. It's not guy pretending like Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah. And we're supposed to be impressed that Kennedy, I guess they're Democrats. So it matters to, you know, suburban white women. It's the, but, uh, but it's the stelterification of America. That's a good one. The stelterification uh, or that will be called the Herb Streetification of America. And look at me cry. There's going to be more of this, by the way. There are going to be more people because of the reaction to Herb Street. There are going to be more broadcasters saying, you know what? 
I got to do one of those. I got to talk about, you know, how we have to do better. I love that. Do better. What do you, what do you mean have to do better? I mean, I think. No, can we just say, can we just put it? Nobody wants to see a man cry. It's uncomfortable watching men cry. It's one thing when it's women. And I'm sorry, there is a difference. Call me old school, whatever. Nobody wants to see a man cry. Women don't find it attractive. They find it, it's weak. You look weak. Okay. Nobody wants that in a man. And other guys watching it are just cringe. Like they're thinking in the inside, look at this fucking moron. Look at how badly he wants attention. We get it. Okay. They, they hate you. Nobody actually wants to see a man cry. All right. I need to get to this uh, Chelsea Handler story because uh, I, I, I was in, into it all weekend, and it's so insane. And uh, we got to get to your your weekend. You had a pretty crazy Labor Day. I haven't even really mentioned the Atlantic story, which I want to get to because it's just so so transparent. Just I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I like when they do these hit jobs on Trump, and it's so transparent that, that no one actually believes it. No one actually buys it. It exposes them for what they are. These hacks at the Atlantic. But we'll get to all that after I tell you about Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps. This is for you homeowners looking to upgrade or you home builders looking for steps to complete the project. Whether you're building the new home or you need to replace an old stair, Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete. You can customize with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. I like the blue stone. That's me. I'm a blue stone guy. A new staircase can dramatically the front, front entrance dramatically upgrade the front entrance to your home. In most cases, they can remove your old stairs and have you walking up the new front steps within hours. You can sit back, let them do all the work, and then within hours, you have a new set of front steps and your home looks better and is worth more. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at shakeconcrete.com. You can also check out the precast podcast, the best podcast in the precast business. If you want to learn more about the business, if you want to learn want to learn more about what they can do for you, check out the precast podcast at shakeconcrete.com. All right, damn it. I want to get so much to get to. I knew this would happen. It was such a wild weekend. Um, we'll get to your, uh, your, uh, your weekend turtle boy, but first my weekend, because I uh, was up in Maine, beautiful place to be in the summertime. And it was nice weather and everything. And I find out that Chelsea Handler, the, I don't know what you call her, comedian, actress, activist. Uh, she's kind of a, you know, kind of crazy liberal. She was up here renting a house, big, 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 beautiful house on the ocean. No big deal. I, um, you know, it's, it's occasionally there's a celebrity around here in the summertime. Uh, she tweets out, which I found remarkable. She tweets out that she'd spent some time in Maine and she's seen many Here's her tweet. I'm noticing many Confederate flags on properties and cars. Um, and then she says the Confederacy only lasted five years. I don't even know what the point of that is. But this is as blatant a lie as you'll ever see on Twitter or anywhere else for that matter. It got 101 likes so far. One, uh, 1,200, uh, I'm sorry, 15,000 retweets. This lie. I mean, it is a slander and a lie. It reminds me of when the Red Sox kind of throw their fans, their own fans, under the bus when some player like uh, Tory Hunter lies about the fans, and the Red Sox go along with the lie because they're so afraid of the the woke mob, and they and they slander their own fans. This woman is up in Maine. She's apparently having a good time because I've heard she's trying to buy a house up here, a very expensive house up in Georgetown, Maine. 
She wants to place here. And yet when she went out, she saw many Confederate flags. I've been coming up here for 25 years, I think. I ride my bike all around in, you know, on the, in the back roads and I go out and, you know, travel around all. I've never seen one, not one Confederate flag. She is lying and she's making it sound like Maine is full of, you know, racist rednecks, at least Southern Maine. It's just a lie. And she could do that. And nobody cares. It's, I find it remarkable, but I will keep, I will keep looking for the and, and by the way, I, I, I think she saw one. I think I bet you she saw. Cause I see him. I used to teach at Dudley. You know, sometimes kids had like Confederate backpacks and stuff like that. I guarantee she saw one. Because what else would inspire her to make that up? I, bet I will tell you. One. You're you're right. Maybe. She, well, why wouldn't she take a picture of it? Well, I mean, she's a big. Maybe, I bet you she saw it on a car. I bet you a car went by her. She saw it and she's like, "Oh, I got a good tweet." See, I have a different theory. Is that she went out and there's lots of Trump signs, lots of Biden signs. I mean, lots of Trump signs. This is sort of. A swingy state, you know. Last time it split. Trump got one delegate, and uh, Hillary got the others. But I think she went out and saw some Trump signs. That's what she saw. And in her mind, what's the difference? A Trump sign might as well be a Confederate flag. Might as well be a Nazi. Might as well be a swastika. So that's in her mind. A Trump sign is a Confederate flag. But she's flat out lying. And if she did indeed think it was full of Confederate flags, why is she trying to move here? I would like to know. I'd like to ask her. Maybe I'll go knock on her door and ask her. But uh, she's up here working, for, by the way, working for uh, Sarah Gideon, who's running against Susan Collins, which is you know, great. You know, another celebrity working for a Democrat. Tell me one person who will be swayed, will be whose mind will be changed by Chelsea Handler. No, Chelsea Handler doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is Donald Trump and poor Susan Collins. You got to feel bad for her because I'll never forget her Kavanaugh speech. It was legendary. That's going to go down in the history books. That was that was a that's what a real profile and courage looks like. What Susan Collins did that day. She deserves to be reelected, and she's in this terrible position because she's from a state that technically is blue, and so she's constantly in a place where she has to distance herself from Trump, but still support Trump because she needs the red people. I mean, she got the hardest job in the Senate. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm I'm with you. She saved Kavanaugh. It was brilliant, and it took guts. And uh, George W. Bush was up here campaigning for her. I don't know how much uh, he moves the needle either, but it's uh, it's a nasty fight, and it's one we'll be watching because you know we don't have those kind of things in Massachusetts. But Maine, they are battling it out up here in Maine. All right. In, in um, speaking of not moving the needle, not changing one mind or heart. Have you ever seen a hit job as transparent as the one the Atlantic ran on Trump? And by the way, I think they ran it on Friday before a holiday weekend for some reason. It's like a news dump time. But it comes out and immediately you're thinking, uh-oh, here it is. Because I've been predicting there'll be a, some more bombshells. They will pull out all the stops. They will go after Trump like never before for the next 60 days. You know, because it, it's an obsession. It's insane. The level of uh, uh, of passion out there to stop Trump. They don't care about Biden, obviously. They don't care about Kamala. They just hate Trump. So the Atlantic, which is run by a left-wing hack named Jeffrey Goldberg, which is owned by Steve Jobs' widow, who hates Trump and donates to all the, the usual causes, including Hillary. So they get together and say, let's make something up. And what they came up with is making something up about the military, because they know the military is so strongly in favor of Trump. And they come up with this this fairy tale about him calling uh, soldiers, suckers and losers immediately. There's not one on the record. There's not one 
one record exhibition. None. If you think that's a big story, Jerry, later on, I have a big story coming out. I don't know if you know this, but Marty Walsh, according to unnamed sources, called a bunch of um, police officers who died in the line of duty stinky poo-poo heads. <laughs> I have four anonymous sources that tell four, me. That. Four anonymous sources. I think I forget what Atlantic had, like eight or something, but all made up. And then uh, all the people who were there and went on the record, including John Kelly, and we believe John Kelly might be an anonymous source, but you know, he should have the guts to go on. He was a general. He was a you know, war hero. He should be on, have the guts to go on the record and say it. But nobody did. Nobody believes it. Two days later, the Atlantic comes out and admits they were wrong about the part about Trump not wanting to go to the military cemetery. They said he didn't want to go, you know, to honor those losers when, in fact, the weather was bad and they said we can't fly. That was easily verifiable. They don't care. The thing that really set people off, obviously the Atlantic thing is just made up out of thin air. Obviously, it's just a hit job. But the Fox News reporter, very well-respected Jennifer Griffin, comes out yes. and says she corroborated it with two anonymous sources. How do they know it's not the same two sources? <laughs> Which is my first question. You can't corroborate anonymous sources with other anonymous sources. You just can't do it because you don't know if it's the same person telling the same lie to you that they told to Jeffrey Goldberg. You wouldn't have no way of knowing that. So it's ludicrous. I can't even believe Fox allowed it. It just seems so irresponsible. And I'm telling you, if this were true, you and you think it makes Trump unfit to lead the military, which is what everyone was saying on Twitter, then you have to come on the record, don't you? If you're John Kelly or if you're somebody, John Bolton, you have to go on the record if it's so important that you want that you don't think he sh he belongs in that office. Then why don't you go on the record? Why not? Jerry, if I got I got stories in my inbox every day pitched to me, right? If that story was pitched to me, I, the first thing I would ask is like, do you have a video? Do you have anything I can work with here? I can't just say like I I have higher editorial standards than the Atlantic or any media outlet because they're so deranged. <laughs> like it's crazy. Uh, consider this: this is the Atlantic writer Jeffrey Goldberg said that the reason he kept the sources anonymous, did you hear this? Yes, because of Twitter blowback. Because of mean tweets. So we're talking generally, people assume these are military, these are military uh, officers, generals, former uh, war heroes who've been to war, you know, who fought and killed and seen their you know comrades die. Those guys, he needed to protect them from mean tweets. Right there, you say, we're done here. You're making this up. This is not a real story. Unfortunately, if you're CNN or uh, MSNBC, you don't care. You just need some red meat to go after Trump. I mean, so look at the way Herb Street reacted. It's all the same thing. Like being having your hurt, having your feelings hurt, and like damaging you seriously is is in these days. It's hot. It is true. You're right. It is. Uh, it's all about emotion, and the word of the day is empathy. And don't you have empathy? And safe. But it's. Safe. But it's, again, selective empathy. You know, he has empathy for uh, Jacob Blake, but not for David Dorn. I mean, not for Tamaris Bohannon. These cops who were murdered in the line of duty, a lot more cops are killed in the line of duty than unarmed uh, black guys. It's, Is there over. a single Trump supporter who had their opinion changed based on that story? I, I was thinking the same thing. Can you imagine somebody being on the fence and saying, oh, Trump said he wouldn't go to the military cemetery because they're losers. They'd be like, are you shitting me? Every day we see Trump with the military and, you know, he goes over and above and beyond to 
show that he you know, loves the military. And Multiple sources that, that were like Bolton, a lot of people that were actually there say it didn't happen. And ultimately what this comes down to, Jerry, is these people are so mad that we don't fight wars for no reason anymore. They're so mad about it. Like, know, we, the I'm American tradition. We fight wars. Why isn't Trump fighting wars? Why is he pulling the Kurds? Remember the Kurds? Like that was, like, they were so mad that, and remember, right. war with Iran, then war doesn't happen. There's still like everything Trump has done internationally has been leftist, basically, like non-interventionist. And they're so mad about it. It's true. And they don't want to get out of uh, uh, Afghanistan, which to me is going to be a game changer. Trump in October, not only does he make this official proclamation that the war is over, we're coming home, but you accompany it with video of guys packing their footlockers and, and getting on uh, planes and coming home and then meeting their wives and children at the airport are you telling me that wouldn't be an incredible visual that would be just a it would make a hundred political commercials out of it? It would be great because nobody's no actual person is against leaving Afghanistan. Only, you know, Raytheon and John Bolton's against Bill Crystal and Dick, Dick Cheney, maybe a yeah, couple yeah, of others. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it. So he's going to lose Bill Crystal and, and you know, John Bolton. Everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else will stand up and applaud. It will be brilliant. I hope he does it sometime in October. Between it the wouldn't debates. though. If, if if he pulled all troops out of Afghanistan, the first thing they would do is find a village that got taken over by the Taliban after we left or whatever. And I don't know. You, I mean, these are news organizations that are too lazy to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin, or or to Minneapolis. Oh, they find. So, oh, you have no idea what they'll actually put the work in if they can own Trump. They will put the work in for that. Not that. Uh, I want to get somewhere. I want to get to your uh, your weekend before we're done here because uh, oh, yeah. you're breaking stories left and right. But first, one quick one. Jamel Hill, our friend. It's always fun to track Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill said uh, over the weekend that she met Travis Tritt, Travis Tritt, a country singer. You know him. You don't know your country singers, right? But I don't. He's a very popular country singer. Said she met him and he was a nice guy. But Travis blocked her. So, yeah, she met him at the Kentucky Derby. So Travis blocked her, and now I'm going to retell that story and make him seem like a huge asshole. So she's going to, like, lie about him because he blocked her. <laughs> that is so incredible. She's crazy. I guess I, I give her credit. She, you know, she uh, makes news, and she gets my attention. But can you imagine admitting that, that you're going to make up some story to make him look bad? Because she he actually said that. Yeah. Uh, I well, saw that, I saw that tweet that we just put up there on the on the screen over the weekend. Did she add anything to that? Like, did he talk shit about her in in replies to her tweets or anything? Like I'm not that? sure, but she said he was a nice guy. But now she's going to make him seem like a real asshole because he blocked her, and she hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Is she blocked you? Because she hasn't blocked yeah. me yet. But but she uh, hasn't told the story. She's bl she blocked some of my old accounts. Not that she hasn't gotten the new. That's one true. Yet. She's going to tell a story about him, and aren't we going to know that it's made up? Well, it was two days ago. She hasn't written. She hasn't written about it since then. And maybe he's just, you know, he's I written about Cardi B and 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 Candace Owens. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to just see her. You know, she she says Trump's a white supremacist. She says a, the the U.S. United States is as bad as Nazi Germany. Maybe he just doesn't want that in his timeline. So he blocked her. So what? Maybe he's a an upbeat guy, a patriotic guy. But soon she's going to have a story about Travis Tritt, and we all know. It's all made up to make him look like an asshole because she admitted he was a nice guy. Does she think that one through? I mean, honestly, that's a little strange. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, she's like, she's another one that talk about privilege. 
She, I mean, talk, untalented, has done nothing, has no hot takes, doesn't back anything up, but yet is filthy rich and is a celebrity. Why? And, and you know, gets loses one job because her ratings are terrible. And um, next day gets hired by Bill Simmons because he needs to, you yeah. know, yeah, he, yeah. He, needs, he needs a human shield. The New York yeah. Times was coming after him. So he hired her and said, look, I hired Jamel Hill. I can't be racist. Uh, but, you know, it's it's good business for her. When when Rex Chapman saw that weeping Kirk Herbstreet video, he said he tweeted. He actually tweeted, "That's what Jamel Hill did," and ESPN fired her. He thinks that Jamel like cried about Black Lives, and that's why they got rid of her. Instead of she called the president a white supremacist and a lot of other things. But she way. also subverted their part their NFL partner by urging people to boycott the Cowboys sponsors. Good point. Good point. And <laughs> a big mistake. and you know, not that this matters to ESPN and had terrible ratings. So I'm not sure it was because she cried on camera, Rex. You really should uh, check into that. I mean, but, Rex, uh, he's, a, he's a freaking junkie. I mean, that's what Rex, why is anybody paying attention to Rex Chapman? He steals other people's content. He steals other people's content, posts it up there. And sometimes they're funny dog videos but he's gone full, you know, hardcore lefty. He's gone full, you know, stealth lord. He spends all day talking about uh, how much he hates Trump and how much he loves Kamala and Biden. And, uh, you know, good luck to him. But he, he hasn't blocked me yet. He's blocked a lot of people, but we'll see. Um, you, unlike the, the – well, while the Boston Globe reporters, I use that term loosely, were busy making a video whining about their contract with John Henry – Turtle Boy, the hard, the best reporter in New England, was out there chasing down some uh, politicians and stirring it up. Where'd you have to go for this? Hyde Park. You went to Hyde Park on Labor Day. It was a nice day too, right? Beautiful day. Beautiful Were you day thinking program. about you know what going to the beach or playing golf? And you said no. No, peaceful protest is my thing these days, Jerry. I'm all about <laughs> peaceful protest. It's fun to be a peaceful. Pro- I get why they do it. It's really fun. You get to yell at people and hold signs. Did you loot too? Did you throw any bricks? No, didn't get around to it. Didn't have maybe, enough time. Maybe next time. So tell me what yeah. you did do. So we went down there to protest against uh, systemic racism because systemic racism is a, is a system that allows a racist like Monica Cannon-Grant to have power. Monica Cannon-Grant is the one that made the racist threatening video about Rayla Campbell, the Republican congressional di- uh, candidate uh, in District 4, uh, who uh, happens to be a woman of color uh, and was attacked uh, because she's an interracial relationship with her husband, who she loves dearly. And uh, Monica said some awful things about her, never apologized. And a lot of... She, she referred to that relationship as riding white penis. I didn't know if I could say that on the air, but yes, that's correct. She it's did refer to that several times. She was very obsessed with the riding of the white penis. I guess it's just one position she has a problem with, but that's a different story. Uh, so... Uh, we go down there to peacefully protest this woman because she's being elevated. She has this... 4,000 square foot building that was just given to her. Who knows what she's like. There's no financials with this company whatsoever. And the first guy I see down there is former city councilor and failed mayoral candidate, Tito Jackson. And he tells me, uh, what are you, what are you doing here? I said, we're, we're peacefully protesting against systemic racism uh, because we believe that black lives matter. We're here to affirm that black lives matter and Rayla's life matters. Have you heard of Rayla Campbell before? And he said, no, I haven't. I'm a Boston Democrat. Well, I said, she's a, a Randolph Republican and she's the victim of systemic racism. He refused to acknowledge her. She was standing right there. And we played on our loudspeaker just over and over again, the tape of Monica Cannon Grant saying those awful racist things, and they were going to do the ribbon cutting outside, 
they had to cut it early and take it inside. The whole ceremony had to go inside. So we won that battle. And this, 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 a protester. this, by the way, just to reiterate, is a 4,000 square foot office that the city has given her, given her. I, you know what I call this? I call this white privilege. Yes. Oh, wait. Uh, no, that oh, wait, wouldn't no, work. No, they gave her an office. She is a virulent uh, racist. She's that's you know that's just one of a thousand examples of her using racial slurs and racist language and you know attacking people. They give her an office on taxpayer the taxpayer dime for what exactly? What's the purpose of the office? So it's her her nonprofit quote unquote violence oh. in Boston, which rakes in so much cash and it's not even registered with the attorney general's office. So technically, it's illegal, and she's uh now is headquarters down there where she'll get more free stuff and all, you know, she's hired a bunch of, you know, uh, people to paint pictures inside stuff like that. So she's actually a job creator through the government. Although most of her money comes from private grants. No, no, no. We have to, we have to tell this story again because it's so bizarre and I still can't believe it. Suburban white women, wealthy suburban white women send her money, just their own personal reparations they believe in reparations, and I guess they put their money where their mouth is, and they send her money, like weekly or monthly. What is it? Every yeah, her and P.D. Delgado, her, her partner in crime uh, who runs Cambridge Black Lives Matter, they uh, they have weekly reparations. It's called Done for Didi. Uh, every Friday, you to be there's actually a Facebook group. You have to pay $10 a month to even join the Facebook group, and in it, you get lectured about how racist you are, and then you get to give them – you can give them more than $10 a month if you'd like, but you have to pay something. Just send money to this woman who is, uh, what, what she got six kids? Yeah. And yeah. she's got a free office and she's one of who is a, but one of who works for the company, uh, the uh, nonprofit, and, and puts out violent rap videos threatening to kill people in Boston while running a nonprofit that's called Violence in Boston. Have, ironically. Have you, have you reached out to the suburban white women that send them money? Because that seems like a great story. No, that needs to be my next step. I need and to I'm get pretty sure I'm just going to guess, Turtle Boy, that the Boston Globe will not be covering this. Once again, a great story, a, a, a story that's going to get clicks, that's going to get read. And the Globe, you know, the leading news. Uh, we almost got killed yesterday, Jerry. I mean, literally, uh, the we had to leave a little early because we were playing this. Monica rolls up. And then after this guy in a freaking Beamer rolls up, like coming really fast, gets out of his car. He has to be held back by Tito Jackson and a bunch of people. He's trying to fight us and they got him under control. And then 10 minutes later, I turn around and I see him. He went stealth mode. He like went around the block and came back and was creeping up on us, got up in our faces. He actually hit a sign out of a woman's hand, which ended up hitting her in the face. And uh, it was all caught on tape. Wow. Violence in Boston. This wow. is a interesting representation here, huh? We're being threatened because of peaceful protesting. Oh, jeez. I will give you credit, man. I'd, I'd be a little nervous right there. That's called, uh, you know, for those Globies that were uh, whining about their contract, that's called actually being on the front lines. That's all. That's called putting yourselves in harm's way for the story. Uh, they won't even sit back in their, you know, their Cambridge condos and steal the story from you, even though people would love to read it. Think about, I mean, there was another guy who came by and did this with the shirt. That means like that's an international thing for like, I'm in a gang, I'm strapped, like don't mess with me. He did it right in front of us. So, and they started talking about popping off and shooting us and guy after guy pulls up and we're like, you know what? This is getting a little bit unsafe. Like all we did 
was peacefully protest against structural racism. We made that very clear. We are here to oppose racism. And this set these folks off, which makes you wonder, like, if this is the kind of clientele that you're attracting, are are you really worth it? Are you what are you doing to stop violence? If you're you're the the city of Boston gives 4000 square feet to her, but no representative from the city. The mayor doesn't go to the grand opening. I got inside information on that. Marty is not happy with her. He he chose, but he actually told somebody, and this is not, this, this is actually an anonymous quote. Somebody told me this, so we can do this now is that he said, fuck that bitch. He said that about her and he went to a labor day. breakfast. I swear to God, I got a source, Jerry, that talked to Marty that said that. Uh, no, make this up. Multiple sources. Go full. They yeah. got four, four or five sources. Uh, that works better that way. And keep them anonymous because you don't want them getting mean tweets. Those anonymous sources they and, and death threats. Don't want that. But you can read all about that on TV Daily News. You know what? I've decided that at the end of the weekend, this week it's Tuesday, Monday, that's the time to check out TV Daily News because he's got all kinds of good stuff on there, including that video of those uh, – those, I don't know what you call them, the muscle for uh, for Monica Cannon Grant. Yeah. Or how about the interview with Threatening Shiva, you. Jerry, the, the award-winning uh, Shiva interview. Go and watch that if you like entertainment. True. You can see the uh, runner-up in the Republican primary, uh, Shiva, who lost to Kevin O'Connor, thank God, uh, with uh, Turtle Boy. It, it is yeah. you know, good, luck, good luck bearing through that one. I'm a baker boy. Uh, that sh- watching that video should be punishment for shoplifting. That that video was Shiva is the worst. He called me a bigger boy. I'm a, you're a bigger boy. Well, a bigger boy. Was that? He said I'm a baker boy. A baker because boy. Everybody who doesn't believe that a hundred thousand Shiva votes magically disappeared on their own is a baker boy. Got it. All right, you can check out all that on tbdailynews.com, and you can follow him on Twitter and Uncle Turtle Boy, whatever. Uh, it's worth. It's you know again. If you want stories, you want breaking news, you got to follow TB Daily News because you ain't getting it from the globe. God knows. Uh, but let's hope. Let's hope those poor folks, those poor souls at the globe get the new contract from John and Linda because they deserve it. They took out lots of student loans, so they deserve it. Uh, all right. We'll talk to uh, one of the uh, soon, Aiden, soon. Sounds good. Thanks, man. And thanks to Shake Concrete and Ally Paving. Thanks to DCU. And thanks to all our wonderful sponsors. Thanks to everybody who's uh, rating, reviewing, and uh, listening, and hopefully telling a friend. Um, anything else, Colin? Uh, no, don't believe so. You got it. Rate, review, all the good. We got tons of good uh, feedback from our one-on-one interviews. So we might have to go soft and start doing more. Uh, that's true. More we we interviewed for the weekend. If you didn't see it, notice it on your feed. We interviewed uh, Jeff Benedict, the author of this new 522-page uh, book about the Patriots dynasty. There was some interesting stuff there. I mean, he was, there was not a lot of dirt, but some of the stuff there, like he went, when he went to the, uh, to the uh, service at the synagogue in Pittsburgh after the mass shooting, and he sat with Kraft and Kraft got up in the middle of the service and gave a speech in Hebrew. And he was sitting there listening to that and flying on Trump on, uh, on Kraft's plane. So he got some real insights some real access. So I think the book will do well. But we talked to Jeff Benedict for a long time, uh, last uh, the end of last week. It's still up there. If you still want to check that out, if you need some Patriot porn before opening day this weekend, we will get into that because this weekend is going to be big. Football's back. I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be some 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 craziness involved. There's certainly going to be some, uh, what did the cowboy guy call it? They're going to make a boom. Make they a boom. Ask them what that they're going to do. That means we got to reach out to the mute man. Is mute uh, the mutation yes, back? We in should there? reach out to the mute man and. Uh, get him back involved. Cause I think uh, 
Brady Breeze head to head. That's going to come close, come close to this the rating for the Patriots game. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? I mean, the Patriots. Everyone's looking forward to seeing Cam Newton, uh, but the Dolphins and eh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That doesn't have all that much. Uh, appeal to uh, the casual fan, but Brady versus Breeze is going to be huge. Yep. Cam, predicting- How, Cam, did you listen to the Cam Newton interview with Mutt? Did you listen to everything? Did not, yeah, no. I didn't listen to it either. But everyone said Cam Newton came across really uh, – Really strong, and then what? I don't know. They, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes when they lose a game, or when he's criticized. Yeah. You know, when you know Shaughnessy or somebody starts ripping him for something. I don't. I'm not sure he's going to be as uh, as uh, gregarious when uh, the media's on his ass. But we'll see. It certainly uh, appears to be a great signing right now. God knows it's good for uh, box office, good for ratings. I'm looking forward to watching it, but. Uh, We'll get into all that the rest of this week. Um, thanks to everybody for listening and for supporting all our sponsors. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.